0: Before we get started, I'd like to say a few words about where we are. Today we're broadcasting from Stanford University in the heart of Silicon Valley. Since World War II, Stanford has encouraged its faculty and students to develop new technologies and turn them into great companies. Welcome, I'm Louis Lo, I'm a Silicon Valley lawyer, I'm the founder of L2 Council, and this is my video blog series called Ask a Silicon Valley Lawyer. This is series number five. And today we're gonna talk about when to incorporate and how to incorporate. Um, And you've probably heard uh, the short answer which is Delaware C Corp. And in many cases, that's gonna be the right answer. Uh, But I'd like to take a few minutes today to tell you about why that might be the case and why it might not. Um, First off though, I want to talk about personal liability. When you engage in a business, uh, you are putting your own personal liability at stake unless you do that business in the name of a corporate entity. So a corporate entity is designed to do two things. One, it's designed to shield you personally from liability and put that liability into a corporate box. Um, and that box can either be a C Corp, it can be a limited liability corp, uh, it can be a partnership, a limited partnership, limited liability partnership. There are many uh, entities that exist, but today we're going to talk about C Corporation versus. Limited Liability Corporation or Limited Liability Company, LLC. Um, uh, As soon as you start operating and you leave your your current employer, if you have one, or if you start operating in a business, you really want to think about forming that entity. Now that we've gotten personal liability out of the way, I want to talk about tax. many uh, business advisors around you will will recommend to you that you form a limited liability company because that is a pass-through entity for tax purposes. That means that at the end of the year, your tax advisor would prepare a Schedule K-1, uh, which you would then use to prepare your own uh, personal taxes. There'd be no tax uh, applied to the, to the LLC, and you would pay uh, your pro rata uh, uh, ownership of the profits or losses uh, of the entity. Um, so, Uh, your local business or tax advisor uh, who might not understand anything about venture capital uh, will tell you that an LLC is the best way to uh, shield yourself from liability while protecting yourself from taxes because you won't be paying two levels uh, of tax at the corporate level and then on yourself you're only going to be paying tax uh, on yourself Um, that's uh, that's At the beginning of a venture, of course, you're going to most likely be generating losses. Um, And you may want those losses uh, to offset some other uh, income streams that you have. Um, And so from a personal tax perspective, the LLC might absolutely be the, the temporary right answer. Um, The the problem is is that once you start uh, looking for outside capital, uh, it's probably the wrong answer for your investors, so let me tell you why. Um, Most investors do not want to receive either phantom income or phantom losses uh, that would have to pass through on their tax returns, whether they're venture capital firms or, or investing entities, um, they definitely do not want your shadow income or your shadow losses. Uh, and an LLC will give them that. They'll, they'll, at the end of the year, they would have to receive a K-1 and it would show either income or loss, and they'd have to put that on their returns while they never received any capital or, or distributions necessarily. So that really puts them in a bind. Most venture capital firms will not invest in an LLC. They won't even entertain it. Um, they, they, the, the, the worst thing you can do to scare away a, a venture capital firm is to ask them to invest uh, in an LLC. They just, they just generally won't do it. Um, and so for, for if you think you're going to be needing capital in the near term uh, from an investor, uh, most likely an LLC is not going to be a, a good vehicle uh, for you as you would have to pass through the phantom income or loss uh, to your investors. Now, um, if you're a later stage company and, and you're looking to sell to private equity um, or a, a very sophisticated uh, investor, um, they, there are a, a class of investors out there that, that understand the LLC, they like it, they know how to address the, the, the tax attributes and, and disadvantages, and, and they're, they're fine with an LLC. Uh, but if you're, if you're in a technology, life science, med device, or clean energy startup, where you're likely going to uh, incur losses for uh, uh, three or four years, uh, probably an LLC is, is not the right uh, vehicle uh, because of this, uh, this pass-through tax issue. Now that we've talked about taxation, I want to talk about how a company operates and how it's managed. Uh, A a Delaware C Corporation is going to have the benefit of the the, uh, very well-developed statute called the Delaware General Corporation Law and uh, very well and accepted practices and... How you operate and govern your Delaware C Corporation is going to be very simple and straightforward. You're going to have a board of directors, a president, treasurer, and secretary. Uh, The executive team, president, treasurer, secretary, can be the same person and it can uh, and that's often how we set things up at the outset or it can be different people and and, uh, their job is to operate the company the board of directors who could also be the same person upon formation Uh, it could only it could be one person it could be as many as you like Um, the board of directors job is to supervise um, and and, uh, the the executive team and act in the best interests of the corporation Um, that implies two duties a duty of loyalty Uh, and a duty of care. We call those fiduciary duties. Um, So a board of directors will always have those in a Delaware corporation or the corporation of any state. And um, that's how a Delaware C-Corp is governed. It's governed by its board of directors. Um, Now an LLC can either be managed directly by its members or, or shareholders, or it can be managed by a board of managers. Now, the board of managers is very similar to a board of directors, but it is not required under Delaware law, and it's possible under Delaware to disclaim uh, fiduciary duty. Um, so uh, uh, the LLC is quite, is quite a bit more flexible than the C Corp, but it requires a lot of drafting. And, and so for many technology startups or life science startups, uh, it's overly complicated. You have to spend a lot of time uh, setting up structures, whereas in a Delaware C Corp, uh, the structure is already there by the statute. So we've talked about taxation, operations, management. Let's talk about ownership. Uh, a Delaware C-Corp is going to have uh, common stock and it can have multiple classes of common stock and it can, it's going to have preferred stock. And it can have multiple series of, of, of preferred stock and multiple classes uh, of common stock. A limited liability corporation or company is going to have units, uh, units of membership. And, and again, by contract, uh, you can set those up in any possible way. Um, the Delaware C-Corp has uh, a very advanced uh, and well understood statute that sets forth uh, how you set up the governance of those uh, individual series of stock. Whereas in an LLC, everything can be modified by contract. So if you're an early stage technology, life science, med device or clean energy company, the Delaware C Corp is gonna be much simpler for you to set up uh, classes of ownership, and, and whereas uh, an LLC will be better if you have a very complicated uh, financial investors who have different um, uh, priorities and wanna set those out and negotiate those. Um, so most technology and Silicon Valley lawyers that you'll, you'll meet will guide, steer you towards the Delaware C Corporation um, but different strokes for different folks. Uh, not necessarily the case. Whether you have a Delaware or C Corp or a limited liability company, uh, those classes of ownership, or which we call securities, are going to be restricted upon transfer until you're a public company. Um, so, whether you're a C Corp or an LLC, we're going to make sure that the interests uh, or securities are. When they're issued, have transfer restrictions in place uh, that make sure that we comply with federal and state securities laws that restrict transfers until a company is public. Um, the differences between the two. Let's talk about that for a, for a second. Once again, in, in Delaware, there's a statute. Um, how a, a, a security is transferred uh, is is governed by the the state. Um, Uh, general corporation law whereas an LLC you have uh, complete carte blanche and a whiteboard to design as many restrictions covenants uh, springing interests uh, as you like into the body of of your security and and you have a lot of creativity and and ability to do things Um, although the more more you do that the more uh, it's going to be difficult to sell that instrument uh, later on and so I, um, I think the LLC once again is really helpful if you have sophisticated, complicated financial investors who have different priorities amongst themselves, and it allows you to uh, really uh, accomplish their separate objectives. Um, uh, But again, those will have significant uh, um, consequences to the future transferability. Um, As we wrap up, um, investors are very familiar with common stock series a preferred stock uh etc um so a a c corporation is something that's very well understood and and um will be easy to operate Uh, an llc uh, will not Um, it's going to to always be a question what does the LLC agreement say? Um, so if you're looking for simplicity, it's not, definitely not the way to go. Um, and, and certainly if you're trying to talk to new investors about it, um, it it's, it's something that's very complex. Not, generally not the way to go. Uh, now that we've talked about the differences between a C Corp and an LLC, I wanted to talk about where to incorporate your business. Um, here in in, Calif- in the in the Silicon Valley we 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 often debate between California and Delaware, but wherever you are watching this video from, you might be thinking that life would be simpler if you incorporated in the state where you're where you're located and where your employees are. Um, here in California, most, the vast, vast majority of venture capital funded businesses uh, are incorporated in the state of Delaware. You should anticipate that if you're not incorporated in the state of Delaware, a venture capital firm would require you to reincorporate as a Delaware corporation. Uh, The reason is that it has a very sophisticated uh, general corporation law uh, that is passed by a legislature that is trying to make sure that Delaware remains the number one state in the country for uh, new formations, um, and that they have a statute that is state of the art in terms of uh, addressing the needs of corporations, their boards, and their management. Teams, and so um, the statute is a is a great advantage over the statute of just about any other state. And then, when if there's ever a dispute or a lawsuit, uh, the Delaware Court of Chancery is viewed as the most savvy. uh, The the uh, the best court to find yourself in to resolve that dispute as the justices are incredibly focused on um, making sure that the results that they um, proliferate are good for business um, and and they're really thoughtful. Um, Now, if you were to have a dispute in California while the judiciary is is, is also uh, highly expert. Um, their priorities are, are less biased towards a business and, and therefore it's viewed as a, a less good place to resolve a dispute about a business. And so um, most corporations uh, that, that are venture capital or private equity funded are going to be formed in Delaware. They're gonna say that any disputes must be resolved in Delaware by a Delaware court Uh, irrespective of any uh, other states' conflicts of laws. Um, So again, um, if you think that you're going to be looking for uh, venture capital or third-party investment, uh, Delaware really is a a preferred uh, venue for that. Um, Finally, I I, I do want to acknowledge that if you are in, in a different state other than Delaware, you're likely going to have to qualify to do business in the state where you are. And and uh, that's going to be meaning another uh, uh, filing and probably some sort of tax. And uh, uh, and so there is a concern that there's extra paperwork and there's extra tax. Now, if you're. A company that's mainly operating in California and you formed in Delaware the only tax that you pay in Delaware is called a franchise tax um, it's not expensive and it's calculated um, based on uh, your either your asset value or the number of shares that are outstanding and uh, it's something that we can encapsulate and and put in a box and, and it's not a, a material uh, amount uh, but there is a uh, you know extra extra work and, uh, and small extra costs involved in being Uh, in Delaware, even though your business isn't located in Delaware. Um, That's all for today, folks, on on, uh, C-Corps versus LLC and Delaware versus another state. Um, One final note, uh, some entrepreneurs and founders have a bias uh, towards California law because it does have a provision that says that in case of a sale of a company or another uh, material decision that's put to the stockholders, that each class of stockholders gets its own vote. And so some founders and, and, and operators uh, who know that they're going to take venture capital funding feel like they have some protection in case uh, there's a sale of the company that they as holders of common would have a separate vote versus the, the, the venture capital firms who likely hold uh, only preferred stock. Um, so with that I'm going to wrap it up and, and uh, and invite you to reach out to me if you have any questions at l2council.com. Please insert any comments uh, in the threads below uh, and subscribe to this channel. Thank you very much.